Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Bookmaker. For all your gaming needs, check out our friends at bookmaker.eu. Sign up today and you can get a $100 free play just for signing up. Tweet them, bookmaker underscore EU. They'll put 100 bucks in your account today. Make sure you have all the best lines for the first half, the second half, the first quarter, and the entire game. Parlays, teasers, and more. Great payouts. Wonderful bonuses. Bookmaker.eu. Welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show presented by Jacobson Seed Company, jacobsonseed.com, your healthy hybrid advantage. He's the almost famous Adam character. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Adam, we're a couple of weeks in, buddy. The football season is completely underway. I'd ask how you're doing, but you're in a love of the Huskers, so it's got to be rough right now. I'm doing great. Huskers, not so much, but I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you for asking, Jeff. Miami still stinks, just so you know. Hey, man, I don't even have the helmet today, but the U is 2-0. The Huskers are 0-2 for those keeping track at home. We're going to get to our predictions for the Big Ten Parlay. We're going to jump into some other storylines as well, but uh, we're going to start today with a guest on the Big Ten Show. Remember, you can find us iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Bally's, Sports Illustrated, everywhere else. You can find your podcast. Uh, we're going to hang out with Bill Conley from ESPN.com. He joins us now on the Big Ten Show. You can read the work, ESPN.com, senior writer. Uh, Bill, welcome into the show, man. How you doing today? Pretty good. How are you guys? Doing we're doing great. Good. We're doing great. Well, I'm doing wonderful as a Hurricane fan. I'm Husker. doing great. You shut your face. <laughs> yeah, sorry, excuse me. Uh, so, Bill, we're going to get to some of the games this weekend, but I think we both want to start with some of the storylines early on in the season. And I'm going to start at the top. You know, going into the year, I think a lot of people thought Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State were the cream of the Big Ten. Of those three teams, I know they haven't played extremely tough competition, but of those three teams, which one has impressed you the most so far, Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan? Well, I think the one that has absolutely kind of exceeded projections and exceeded expectations so far is Penn State. Um, you know, that, I mean, expectations really high. Michigan and Ohio State have done just fine uh, so far. And, and you know, I, I don't really have any serious concerns. But I do think Penn State has tried as hard as possible to prove that this is a three-team race as opposed to a two-teamer. Um, obviously, you know, the, they, they basically performed right to projections in, ter in terms of my SP Plus ratings against West Virginia. That was almost exactly the game it was supposed to be. And Drew Aller looked the part and all that. And then against Delaware, when you had – teams coast to coast kind of struggling with lesser teams, either lesser G five teams or FCS teams. I mean, Tennessee looked like garbage for most of the game against Austin P um, obviously Ohio state didn't uh, blow the world away against uh, against Youngstown state. Penn state took on a pretty good Delaware team, a pretty good FCS team. And, you know, after Delaware scored that early touchdown, it was over very, very quickly. So they've handled their business. Obviously the tests pick up now moving forward. So we don't have to kind of, you know, speculate and try to figure out, squint and try to figure out what's real when you're playing, you know, FCS teams or whatever. But it was a good start for them. 
Hey, real, real quick. Wait, wait, wait. I have a question for Adam and for Bill. Let's see if you can get this correct first. What is a chant that goes on in the Austin P student section as Let's the game go is going? Let's go P! Let's wow. go P! I just got nominated. I had no clue. I wasn't even close. <laughs> Adam, fire away a question. You can't beat that one. I can't beat that one, but I'll, I'll try to just come close. So you said you don't have any concerns when it comes to Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, but Ohio State only put up a couple offensive touchdowns in their first game versus Indiana, as you mentioned in their previous game, didn't exactly blow the roof off the joint. So is there anything when you look at this Ohio State team, particularly on offense, that gives you any sort of reason to be concerned at all going forward for Buckeye fans? Yeah, I mean, I should I should clarify, you know, there are reasons like they didn't look as good as they were supposed to, especially on offense. But I'm trying to, you know, be forgiving early in the season. Yeah, like, yeah. We don't we don't know yet that it's a concern, but it might be. Um, I mentioned like performing two projections. I mean, so far, Ohio State in two games, they've allowed 11 points fewer than I had projected, and they've scored about 33 points fewer than I had projected. And so obviously, things are not clicking there as, as well as they should be. And they didn't have to against Youngstown. They had, you know, a couple of, of very pretty passes to Marvin Harrison early on, and then they could just kind of cruise from there. So we don't know what happens when they're challenged. But the fact that, you know, they're they're I'm looking at what 92nd in my rushing success rate measure so far. That's bad. That's bad for having played Indiana and Youngstown State. And now that, you know, they get one more week here against Western Kentucky, which doesn't have much to offer defensively, but can throw the heck out of the ball. Uh, it'll be a nice test for the Ohio State secondary to figure out that if they really have improved like they've looked so far. Uh, but then starting in week four, the offense has to show up and we'll see if it does. Big Ten show here on the Believe Podcast Network, Bally Sports Illustrated, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Find us all of those places. Bill Conley joining us from ESPN.com. You can read the work there as well. Adam Carricker, I am Jeff Turner. Let's get to Nebraska. And, you know, the Matt Rule era hasn't started out, obviously, how they'd like. 0-2, the loss in the first game very close against Minnesota. Not so much in the second half against Colorado. When you watch the way that the Matt Rule era has gotten off to a, a rocky start there in Lincoln, what do you point to as some of the biggest problems that the Huskers are facing? Well, I think the biggest thing is that, um, among other things, Jeff Sims is who he was uh, at Georgia Tech. You know, we when a guy transfers, you know, we see potential, we see the highlights, but we don't necessarily – we think, you know, it's a fresh start and maybe he's a new player. And, and I guess maybe that happens occasionally – but most of the time you are who you are when you move. And Jeff Sims was a guy who is very mobile, can run the ball really well, gets careless with the ball, isn't the most amazing passer in the world. And he comes to Nebraska and he's exactly that same guy. I think they've tried to build around his strengths and it can work at times. Obviously, he's run the ball pretty well. Gabe Irvin's run the ball pretty well at times. But when they've had to throw, they haven't even been able to come close to throwing the ball. And, and that's obviously now moving forward. That's a decision that they're going to have to make, rule in all of his assistance and that like, are we going to still try to, we have a good defense. We can try to just run the ball and play, you know, field position and, and slow the game down and try to stay close or we can try to score points and scoring points might require uh, putting in somebody who can throw the ball a little better. If one exists, we don't obviously Harburg and Purdy didn't, they, they got tiny samples and didn't exactly like the world on fire the other day. And, and so may, we'll see what they're capable of, but that seems to be, the choice moving forward. We know who Jeff Sims is and you can control the ball and run the ball pretty well, but you got to score. And um, we don't know that they can do that with Sims. So rule said in his press conference yesterday, he said, you know, barring an injury, Sims is his guy. Sims is going to be out there. He's dealing with this ankle thing. So we'll see how that plays out. 
there's this growing sentiment among, Hus among Husker fans that they want to see a fresh face, a new guy get an opportunity. Heinrich Harburg appears to potentially be that guy listed as number two on the depth chart. What are your thoughts on Rule's comments? Because so far, Sims has shown that he can run, yeah. not great at throwing, and had a hand in seven different turnovers. So what are your <laughs> thoughts on Rule's comments? Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, we can it, maybe you can chalk up the fumbles to to randomness and just kind of you know shaky early execution, and that'll get polished up over time. And and if so, that that cuts some of the turnovers right there. The four picks, though, uh, it's hard. Some of those were just really bad decisions. And again, like he, he wasn't throwing a million picks at Georgia Tech, but he still the decision making was clearly a little bit shaky there. And you could think you could hope that maybe it was just a very poor supporting cast, and that he'd come somewhere new and it'd be different. But it's not. And I mean, the defenses aren't going to, you know, the next couple defenses aren't very good. You got NIU and, and Louisiana Tech coming up and maybe at the very least over the next two weeks, we'll find out exactly what he's capable of uh, against lesser opponents. Because after that, there's barely a bad defense on the schedule. Uh, so now's the chance, I guess, to polish it up. And I, I don't think rules, you know, rules clearly not a very stupid guy. Like if, if, if you have to make a change, if it's not working against Louisiana Tech and, and NIU, I assume he will make a change. It's just, you know, I guess now's the time to see the best of Jeff Sims and you'll know what you have working, uh, what you're working with moving forward. Bill Conley, ESPN.com, hanging out here on the Big Ten Show, presented to you by Jacobson Seed Company, jacobsonseed.com. Let's, let's move on to some of the games this weekend, Bill, that involve Big Ten teams. And I, I want to start with what Washington and Michigan State, and we'll leave all the off-the-field stuff with Mel Tucker <laughs> and the details about that for .com and for all the stuff that comes from the university, but specifically for a team that had a great first year under Mel, not a great second year, and a team that's off to a 2-0 start. They're big-time underdogs against Washington, who's a top-10 team. Do you give Michigan State any chance to win this game, all things considered? Uh, well, I mean, a chance, sure. I mean, Washington hasn't been on the road yet or hasn't ha hasn't made a trip like this yet, and um, – if they can generate some pressure and their defensive line has looked pretty good so far, the sack rates, you know, the, the pass rush has, has looked very good, although albeit against central Michigan and Richmond. Um, if Michigan state can pressure Penix, that's just not something he's faced very much over the last uh, year and change up at Washington. Obviously he gets the ball out of his hands quickly, but he also just hasn't played that many good pass rushes. And so if you can get pressure on him, maybe force a mistake or two early on, I think, you know, this is Michigan state's not a, a, you know, moribund program by any means, even though they're not as good as they were two years ago, even two years ago, they weren't as good as they were. Sure. Uh, they won a lot of close games. And, and I, I would like to think that maybe we've learned a lesson about giving a massive spectacular contract extension after one good year where you won a bunch of close games, we'll, we'll see. We don't seem to learn many lessons when it comes to spending money. But um, in this game specifically, with ignoring all the head coaching stuff, Michigan State has proven to have a good pass rush, and if they can get home, that it, it could turn things. Washington is just so explosive, and, and they're, they're really, really well-rounded on offense. And you figure eventually that kind of breaks through, and, and they, they score enough points to win the game. But I absolutely give Michigan State a shot here. I want to get your thoughts on a Big Ten ACC battle. We got Minnesota 2-0 coming in. They got a stout defense. Seems to be another year where their defense is going to bail out. Kind of a mediocre type <laughs> offense, so to speak. You know, North Carolina is coming in with one of the top NFL prospects, quarterback Drake May, legendary head coach Mac Brown, as we all know. Now, they breeze past, so to speak, South Carolina 31-17 in week one, but needed double overtime, okay, to beat Appalachian State just a week ago. Minnesota, 13-10, walk-off field goal win versus Nebraska in week one, then rolled past 
East. I, I was waiting for a Jeff comment there, but we got by without him. Just a deep breath was all it was. All right, but they rolled past Eastern Michigan 25-6. to six. Now, the Tar Heels, okay, can do some things on offense, as we know, but they give up over 200 yards rushing to Eastern Michigan. And Minnesota's got a young quarterback who's learning, kind of growing, struggling just a little bit. North Carolina's favored by six and a half. The over-under is 49 and a half in this, so maybe a little bit lower scoring, a little bit closer. Uh, I don't personally think so, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously North Carolina's the the favorite. I do think uh, this is a, a, a cartoonishly kind of an exaggerated Minnesota team so far. We're used to them over these last couple of years playing very good defense and just enough offense. While I was talking about you know performing versus projections earlier, Minnesota's underperformed by 25 points so far on offense and overperformed by about nine on defense. And they came into the year with a good defense and, and shaky offense. So they've that's been magnified a little bit. And they have a, you know, they're again, like their past numbers so far, past defensive numbers so far have been phenomenal. And it's, it's a step up to playing Drake May and company now, but I do think they're going to be able to make some stops and give their defense, their offense a chance uh, to, to stay in the game. At some point you're going to have to score though. And they don't make any big plays whatsoever. They don't really run efficiently either. I don't know what they do well on offense. Um, and, I mean, that's why North Carolina's favored. I do, I do, I don't trust North Carolina's defense yet. We saw some good things against South Carolina, and then those things vanished. They never play well. I was going to say they never play well against App State. App State always plays really well against them, so I don't want to overreact to that game. But regardless, they, their defense seemed to backslide a little bit there, and Minnesota's going to have opportunities if they are capable of taking advantage of them. I don't know if they are. Bill Conley from ESPN.com, Adam Carricker, I am Jeff Turner. This is the Big Ten Show. Uh, Bill, we started talking Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. We're going to end with our conversation with you talking about Penn State. They take on Illinois this weekend. You know, Brett Bielema can draw up some, some big-time game plans against big-time opponents. We've seen him do that before, and we saw it even against uh, some tough teams a year ago for Illinois, the way that they were able to scheme things up defensively. Uh, had some big-time moments a season ago, tailed off at the end. This could be a big-time moment, moment to upset Penn State, what would be the scenario? What would have to happen for Penn State to stumble here? Well, I mean, first of all, Illinois has to defend. Uh, we're, we're two games in, still waiting for them to, to be anything close to the defense they had last year. Obviously, lost their defensive coordinator, lost a, a really, really, most of a really, really dynamite secondary. And so I kind of figured this would be a little bit of a reset. And so far, they are struggling, uh, especially just in terms of pure efficiency. They can't knock teams off schedule. Uh, when they knock teams off schedule, they don't necessarily get off the field. It's been really frustrating. So I think, you know, maybe we saw in the second half against Kansas, I think Kansas only scored, what, six points in the second half. Maybe that was a sign, or maybe Kansas just had a big lead and was playing things a little bit safer. But, I mean, that that's the whole deal. Illinois has been more efficient offensively. They run the ball pretty well. Um, maybe they can do some damage in that regard. But they've got I – mean, they haven't really shown any – proclivity towards making enough stops to beat a team like Penn State. That's going to be by far the issue here. Maybe, I mean, Drew, Drew Aller's a, a first-time starting quarterback. He's going to have a game where he makes a bunch of mistakes, and maybe this is it. It's probably more likely next week against Iowa, though. I think that's probably the most likely uh, step backward for him. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a fascinating thing to see. Go ahead, Adam. I said one last question, because we were talking about fan bases that maybe or maybe should not be concerned. You look at Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, ran the ball over, you know, over 300 yards game one, threw it for 189 with Tanner Mordecai, the SMU transfer quarterback. They go to, but they struggle to pass the ball. Okay, they're trying to implement this new offense. They don't have to do it all in year one, as we know. Go up to WSU, 
Okay, lose 31-22, get upset on the road. If you're a Wisconsin fan, are you at all concerned about the rest of this season after what you've seen for the first two games? Yeah, possibly. I mean, Washington State was inspired uh, the other day. Like, you could tell that was a, a really, really big game for them, and, and they didn't mm-hmm. – Wisconsin didn't quite match that intensity, especially early on. And so, you know, maybe a game like that is – it's a, you can just explain it away, but it would make perfect sense if Wisconsin, with all the change that they're implementing, even if down the line it works beautifully – it would make sense if early on there's there are some bumps in the road. So I, I mean, I if you were hoping for a ten and two season or something, then I would absolutely be concerned by that. <laughs> but if we're talking about more just concern about the Luke Fickle era or something like that, I'm not worried about that yet at all. I think they've got there will be some particularly good performances and maybe a few particularly bad ones this year, and we'll just chalk last week up to being a particularly bad one. Bill Conley, ESPN.com, always brings the knowledge and has the stats to back it up. Thanks so much, man, for the insight throughout the Big Ten. Enjoy this next week in college football. Should be a lot of fun. We'll check in sooner rather than later, Bill. Thanks for the time, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Bill Conley, the best, man. Check out the work at ESPN.com. He's the almost famous Adam Carrick on the much less famous Jeff Turton. This is the Big Ten Show presented to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your hybrid advantage. Listen, folks. When you need to make sure that your field is optimized its yield and you are bringing in the most crops possible in a healthy way, check out our friends at jacobsonseed.com. Jacobson Seed Company will make sure you can sit on the couch and enjoy your life because your field is performing for you. All you farmers, check our friends out at jacobsonseed.com. A quick call. That's all we're asking to see if they can make your life a lot easier. All right, Adam, I got to ask you something here. Like, I was trying to end that conversation with a positive note with Penn State, and then you come in and swoop in with some negative around Wisconsin. Are you trying – you were bringing up the negatives around Minnesota's offense. Are you trying to deflect – are you trying to deflect from how bad the Huskers have been through two games? Oh, not at all. We're well aware of how bad – he's talking about Minnesota's defense and how they've overperformed so far. I held my tongue, but I was like, well, one of those games was against nine points. What what does that really mean? So for me, I I held my tongue. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. Hey, I do want to mention one thing though. If you're going to be in the grand Island, Nebraska area tomorrow on Wednesday. Okay. We're recording this on Tuesday. The show will go out on Wednesday. So actually today, so it's pre-recorded, but I will be at Husker harvest days in grand Island, Nebraska at the Jacobson scene. Uh, Jacobson seed uh, stand that they're going to have easy for me to say but I will be there from 2 to 5 p.m. if you want to swing by and come meet yours truly not Jeff he's too cool to show up but I will be there dude it's probably closer to my house than it is yours and they had no interest they had no interest in bringing me they had more interest (laughs) of course in bringing you I've signed one autograph in my life it's sold for hundreds of dollars on a baseball at an Augustana football auction the only autograph I've ever seen yeah that's cool. That's cool. Dude. I mean, my, my mom was bidding on it too. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, cool story. <laughs> Drive that up, dude. <laughs> Whatever that's works. How, hey, don't let facts get in the way of a good story, man. Don't, don't ever you let You know, that that's happen. how we work. All right, man. So, um, I do want to ask you quickly, just generically, okay? Uh, we don't have to get into the specifics of the Mel Tucker situation. We're going to get to our Big Ten parlay picks in just a second. But how much does, in your mind, you played the game, you were in the locker rooms. How much does controversy surrounding a head coach, the uncertainty about their job, or maybe it's even just, you know, towards the end of a year where a a team's had a bad year and the guy's on the hot seat, you don't know he's going to be back and you still have a couple of games to play. In this case, they have a whole rest of their season to play with all the stuff going on. How much does that actually affect 
the players in the locker room their ability to go out and perform. It typically does one of two things. The, the, the first option potentially is players get fired up. They almost want to go out and, and play for their coach and represent their coach, depending on how they feel about their coach. Okay, so th- they can almost get more fired up. The other thing it can do if things aren't going great and you aren't a fan of your coach and then there's a bunch of potential negative. Well, there is negativity, but we'll see what comes to fruition with it. You know, it can have the opposite effect. It can almost bring a team down a little bit. So you, le- you might learn a little bit how- about how this team feels about Mel Tucker with how they come out to start this game on Saturday versus their future Big Ten brethren, the Washington Huskies. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where it can go, I think, like you mentioned, sort of, hey, we're, we're going to rally the troops. Um, this isn't our problem. It's our coach's problem. We're going to play for the name on the jersey and everything that's prideful with what we do. This is the guy that recruited us here, et cetera, et cetera. Or, man, you could get down a touchdown and be like, bleep this, man. Things are going to get ugly, and we're just going to have to deal with the ramifications from it. In this case, it could go one way or the other. But uh, Michigan State to a 2-0 start now dealing with all kinds of controversy surrounding their head football coaches. This is the Big Ten Show. Find us iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Bally's, and SI.com. Of course, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so every single week on Twitter, at JESPN, you guys can get your Big Ten parlay picks in, all kinds of goodies for you to win from our good friends. So, um, Adam, we got a one-in-one start. We updated it earlier this week on the show. You won the first week with your picks. I won the second week with mine. What's on the line? One of us has to get a tattoo if we lose at the end of the year. Nope. Factually inaccurate. <laughs> uh, not correct at all. It's still up in the unless, air. Unless, uh, it's you. unless it's you, then you're getting the tattoo. It's I'm still get up a in nice the little Mike Tyson one right here, buddy. It's still it's still up to date. We'll we'll figure that out. Um, so we have three games plus the tiebreaker. Pick all three plus the tiebreaker for your chance to win one winner each week. All right, Adam, I'm going to let you go first with your picks today, um, and I'll I'll take my second shot at it. Syracuse and Purdue, we got a little non-conference action here. The Q's off to the 2-0 start. Dino Babers was kind of on the hot seat, I think, coming into this year, but he has the orange to the 2-0 start. Purdue 1-1 on the season. Nice win last week. Syracuse is on the road in West Lafayette. The Big Ten team is at home, yet Syracuse is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who are you going with this one? This was probably the toughest one for me because Purdue's one and one, but they've had two decent opponents, whereas Syracuse hasn't necessarily been tested yet at two and zero. Oh. But their offense: one thousand one hundred seventy-three total yards, fifty-six point five points per game, sixty total first downs, thirteen TDs, eight through the air, five rushing, two hundred seventy-three pass yards per game, which is eleventh in the country. You know, and then you got a Purdue defense who struggles mightily against the pass. So I'm going to take Syracuse. Okay, my favorite photo of all time is when, uh, in football, um, is when Mangino was coaching Kansas and he went to the Orange Bowl and he took a picture next to the orange. And you guys can Google it. You'll see why it's my favorite picture. When I am asked about Syracuse and they're the orange, that's the picture that comes into my mind. It puts a smile on my face. So because of that, I'm taking Syracuse to beat Purdue and cover the spread by two and a half points. <laughs> All right, next game. UNC. UNC. I'm picking 
Syracuse because of a Kansas head coach at a bowl game that Syracuse hasn't played in since 1998 in a bowl game from a picture that was, what, 2011? Yeah, we make a lot of sense. Next game, Jeff. All right, we only got about a minute and a half. All okay. right, so next All game, right. UNC minus seven and a half versus Minnesota. I can't follow that logic. I'm just going to say I'm taking UNC. <laughs> That's it. Okay. You got it? I think – I think Minnesota loses this game, but I think their defense, which Bill was talking about earlier in the in the conversation, is the reason why it stays within that seven and a half. Seven and a half is a tough number, man. Uh, when it gets to seven and a half, a lot of times the the sharp betters will start to take the seven and a half versus the touchdown. Uh, I think the defense keeps it close. They control enough tempo with that run game. Not a lot through the air, but I'll take Minnesota plus seven and a half. Final game before we get to the tiebreaker. Your Huskers are favored by 11 and a half for Northern Illinois. Surprised when I saw That's that, a big number. Honest. Big number for an 0-2 team. Who are you going with here? So Northern Illinois beat Boston College, a power five D1 team in overtime game one. Then they lose to Southern Illinois, who I had to look up. But then I looked up Boston College second game, and they beat Holy Cross. No disrespect, but Holy Cross by a field goal. So because Holy of that, Cross. I'm taking the mighty, explosive, dynamic Nebraska offense by 11 and a half, and I don't feel very confident, but that's my pick. Not so fast, my friend, as our good buddy Lee Corso would say. Not only, not only does – remember last week I had a lock of the week. It was the lock of the week. The Huskers – I mean, the Hawkeyes were going to cover the spread against Iowa State. It happened. Here's the lock of this week. Northern Illinois covers the spread. Northern Illinois may win this game. Take them on the money line as well. It won't be more than a three-point disparity for sure when this is all said and done. And I think they're called – I don't know what they're called. Uh, I, I was going to say the Salukis. They're called the Huskies. Okay. It's really very simple, Jeff. There's the Salukis. Those are like the Southern Illinois, I think, Salukis. Anyways, give me Northern Illinois. They might outright win the game. Final quick pick, total points, Michigan and Western Michigan. I'm going to go first this week, 58 points. I thought Michigan played Bowling Green. I looked up their schedule, and it says Bowling Green. Sorry, Bowling Green. My bad. Michigan okay. and Bowling Green, 58 points. By the way, I, I'm not taking Nebraska because I think they're going to score 56. I'm taking Nebraska because they're going to give up like six and then right, score like 18. All right. Uh, you said 58? 58, Michigan and Bowling Green. All right, 57. Up yours. Excuse me, Iowa plays Western Michigan. All right, what was your number? What was your number? 51? 57. 57 for Adam. All right. Fair enough, man. Fun show today. Thanks to Bill Conley for joining us from ESPN.com. Seed Company, as always, check them out. JacobsonSeed.com as well. Another page has turned here on the Big Ten Show. Until next week, y'all, enjoy the football. So it was brought to you by our good friends at Bookmaker. Check them out today at bookmaker.eu for all your gaming needs. First half, second half, quarters, all kinds of wonderful teasers and parlays for you to partake in. Check them out at bookmaker.eu. Great payouts, wonderful bonuses. Here's the best part. To sign up today at bookmaker.eu, tweet them, bookmaker underscore EU, send them a message, send them an email, tell them you heard them on the Big Ten Show. They will put a $100 free play in your account today. Check them out at bookmaker.eu.